Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Tech Report. My name is Dr. Scott Kowalski. I'm with my co-host, Dr. Bill Williamson. And we've got some exciting uh, new curricular changes within our program that we want to share with uh, you guys today and talk a little bit about. Uh, we know that some of the returning students have had a lot of questions regarding this new curriculum. And then certainly we, you know, we want to talk about it in a way that helps frame and, and, and recruit those students who may be interested. What is this new curriculum? What does it allow you to do? Uh, so we kind of see this episode focusing around three kind of things. First, we want to talk a little bit about um, why the changes were necessary, what was going on with the old curriculum that we felt needed to be revised, and then sort of similarly uh, tied to that, what does the new curriculum do differently? So what does it allow us to do both programmatically, uh, but then also uh, as, as students going through the program, uh, how does it position you professionally uh, and, and scholarly and academically to uh, work through and, and, and you know, take, them, uh, take the curriculum to uh, you know, the next level and, and, and develop your professional identity? And then lastly, uh, to kind of help answer some of these questions, we want to think about navigating the new curriculum. How do you navigate the new curriculum? Before we jump into those three things, though, I want to turn to Dr. Bill as sort of the senior statesman in the department, one of the senior states people, I should say, as Dr. Dallas and, and Dr. Bill came yeah, in at the same right. time uh, and, uh, and, and helped to shape the department during its early and initial uh, phases. Um, but I, I want to ask Dr. Bill to sort of uh, provide, uh, uh, you know, kind of the, the history of the department. And, and some of this is, is, is in, you can find in Tech Report episode one, where we talk with Dr. Brad Herzog. Uh, who was then chair and is still chair, uh, as he sort of talks through some of the origins of the department, why we call our program PTW. Uh, but you know, let's let's turn to Dr. Bill here to to uh, kind of recap uh, some of these origins and and talk about the history of the department a little bit. Yeah, you know, the program was launched initially as as an effort led by Dr. K. Harley, who is now retired, who's emeritus faculty. the The program was originally in the English department and. 2000 was the first year that we officially recognized that there were PTW students on campus. And Dr. Dallas and I were hired in as really the, the first generation of faculty who were specific to the program. So we both came in, in 2005, um, in the fall of 2005. And then the program evolved even more, and we became our own department in 2010. Fast forward, now it's 2019. So the program's coming up on 20 years old, and it surprisingly hasn't gone through as much evolution until recently as, as an academic program of a similar kind might have. So again, date going way back to 2000, the curriculum was put together with a handful of English courses that were kind of cobbled together, if you will, the giving people some professional basis. And, it, and it, they recognized right away that it was, it was the first step in the program and that it would need to be revised, but they needed to pull things together. It also drew heavily on courses from graphic design and philosophy and in other departments across campus, including communication and so on. And one of the things we did in 2005 was we, we built an, an intro course and a couple of other things and, and really pulled the curriculum together as a little bit more coherent professional and technical writing program comparable to what was available around the country at the time. But we, we also had plans for growing it beyond there. In the process of starting to think about that kind of thing, you know, where, where are we going to go next with the program, the, the parallel conversation came up. Maybe we should no longer be part of the English department. Uh, maybe we should be part of our own because there's a recognizable identity that's, that's um, distinct and separate. And, and you know, the, that was something that was going to be of use to our students as well as to our faculty. So it kind of put a bunch of stuff on hold because first we, we created the department, changed, you know, the, 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 
the letters from ENGL to RPW, had the number scheme in place, you know, we just sort of ported it over. And then for a variety of reasons, we, we hit a number of, of little cycles and stalls where we weren't making a lot of changes, even though we were talking about making changes. Um, long story short, though, we come to 2017, we build momentum in that direction. 2018, we're solidifying and, and discussing um, the, the changes that we're proposing. And now here we are in 2019, the curriculum finally gets ratified in the spring of 2019, well, at least by our academic calendar, technically the winter semester of 2019. And now here we are, boom, fall 2019. Yay. We have a new major, we have a new minor. Two we have, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we have, a, we have a revised major, I should say. We have a revised minor and then two new minors in user experience designer UXD and writing for public purposes or WPP. And that's, you know, the, the whole evolution, we'll get into more of those details, the specifics of it as we go here. But ultimately, all of the changes that we have proposed and enacted at this point have been about creating better opportunities, more diverse opportunities, and more contemporary, professionally relevant opportunities for students as they're going through the program so that they can be more competitive when they enter the job market or more competitive when they are seeking admi admission into graduate programs around the country. And we've had a really good track record with both of those things. Now we're looking forward to having an even better one. Yeah, and, and before we jump forward to, to talking a little bit more about uh, why the changes were necessary, um, I'll also speak to a point of some kind of confusion, I think, that, that I get questions anyway that I get asked a lot. You know, why do we have the RPW, the Rhetoric and Professional Writing Department, and the PTW, Professional Technical Writing Major? And, and, and for a lot of us as faculty and a lot of students, we, we often use those terms interchangeably. Um, but part of the answer to why those are distinct names is because we see rhetoric and professional writing as being a larger umbrella under which a program in professional technical writing exists. Right. And so the, the designers of the department, Dr. Bill, Dr. Ah. Dallas, uh, you know, in part, uh, saw the need to continue to grow and offer other programs that fell underneath that larger umbrella. So the first step, that first program was the major and minor in PTW, professional technical writing. And now we're seeing here, you know, eight, nine years later, uh, some of that growth coming to fruition as we add these two new minors in uh, user experience design and writing for public purposes. Uh, and so, Bill, you alluded a little bit to uh, this, uh, you know, this need to grow the program or why these changes were necessary. Uh, in part, it's professional relevance. Uh, right. And in part, it's thinking through um, uh, some more critical scholarly angles, those students who may want to go to graduate school, for example. Um but what else do we see as some of these, uh, the, the need for change? Uh, you know, it, it, I've got some ideas, but, but certainly I know you do as well. Yeah, well, a lot of it for me as an administrator and, and as a program coordinator comes down to what the student experience is in the program. And there are a few things that we recognized over the years that, that needed a little bit more attention. One, we only had one course with the word rhetoric in the title, even though we talked about rhetoric throughout the program. So we wanted to, to build a curriculum that would, that would support that conceptual theoretical development throughout the experience of the program. Two, we started looking at the whole idea of professional development as something that um, was really pinpointed or, or, or targeted very, very narrowly on the internship class. And again, we wanted to build a thread through the program that would be experienced at multiple levels and layers. And then overall, both of those contribute to a, a third 
op, or a third idea or a third uh, issue that I would identify, which is that we just didn't have that many courses in the curriculum that were ours, where we we'd stripped the, the the curriculum down to PTW courses or RPW exclusively courses with all those others as as options, but not explicitly listed among the courses that you could take for the program. But when we when we pulled back the curriculum, it was always in anticipation of growth. Well, the growth never happened, so we essentially had students taking, um, you know, every course that we offered in the department, which worked out to be like 17 courses or 16 courses or something like that, and and then they were still taking some courses multiple times to get to the number of credits that they needed for graduation. So it was just simply, you know, critical mass. We needed more courses for people to take so that if we called something elective, it actually was a choice, and if we called something, um, you know, whatever else you know, the, the, that it was, that there were options about how you would specialize within the program or that you could specialize. Well, that's a great point because I think one of the things for me is that we really didn't have any true electives. Right. <laughs> you know, students had to essentially take every single course that we offered to fulfill the requirements for the degree and then still needed courses <laughs> to get to the overall 124 credits the university requires. And to some graduate. people were taking two minors or even double majors to get there because our program was well it was just it was it was under curriculumed or how you know we'll have to create a term for that (laughs) right and and so i think you know for for us it was really about helping the students finding ways for them to not only uh be able to round out their experience as as a major uh but to also in, in very practical ways um get the credits they need to graduate right right and so i mean that right there that that's a pretty pretty robust set of, of, of driving forces already. You know, the students came to us with specific concerns. They wanted greater depth of certain kinds of, of ideas in the curriculum. They wanted more opportunities that were professionally relevant, you know, that, that was really speaking to the diversity and depth both of the program or what they perceived as the lack thereof. And so there's some specific issues that come up. But the, the bigger stuff that's easier to argue for the university or, 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 you know, with the administration really comes down to those three that we that we highlighted at the beginning of the conversation. Right. And so as, as sort of a segue here from this first question, what why were these changes necessary to what does the new curriculum do differently? Um, kind of a hybrid answer here is that we offer what, what we would call verticality. <laughs> yeah. In other words, uh, our, our old curriculum uh, that that we had for about, uh, you know, 15, 18 years, um, we would think of as being sort of almost linear uh, or or horizontal. There wasn't a whole lot of move upward. You would take a class here and you kind of bounce over to a class here and a class there. And now what we have uh, is is you take a lower division course, uh, say in 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 um, advanced problem solving, which is one of the new courses that we have. Excuse me, uh, problem solving PDW, one of the two hundred level courses that we have uh, at the lower division level. And now there's there, there's the advanced uh, problem solving and PTW course at the 400 level. So there's opportunities to move and, and develop and, and grow your thinking uh, and and tying the courses together much, much strongly, stronger. Absolutely. And one of the ways that we really brought that home with people who would we knew would, would question when we, when we put in front of them a proposal that included adding eight courses, because that's ultimately what we did, is we, we built a chart that showed the existing courses in the curriculum then and we had them put into categories that we see as vital to the curriculum. And those, those five categories are professional development, what we generically refer to or holistically refer to as core knowledge, design contexts, rhetoric, and then research methods. 
And at the time, we only had two courses in professional development. We had five in core knowledge, uh, but that was a little bit of a reach in some ways. Um, it, it was the most robust category, but um, at the same time, those courses served way too many purposes. We had three in design contexts, a couple courses that sort of overlapped um, in, in categories, and then one with rhetoric, and that was it. We had nothing in research methods formally. And um, when we added the courses in the through the proposal, we made it possible for students to experience each of those concepts or each of those categories at the 200 level, 300 level, and 400 level. In other words, we made a comprehensive curriculum where you can have knowledge in all five of those core areas at every level of, the, of, of your academic experience. And, and therefore, we're building knowledge, we're creating threads, we're creating depth as, as well as diversity within the curriculum by doing that. Yeah, there's three words that I'll underscore there, and one is this idea of levels, <laughs> yes, and, and and then the other is building, and then the other is depth, <laughs> uh, and the new curriculum does all of those things. You you're 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 developing a depth of knowledge that builds as you work through the curriculum. Uh, yeah, I mean, for example, uh, uh, originally we had the internship, like I highlighted before. Now we have professional development and PTW at the 200 level internship the required one is at 300 level you can do a second follow-up internship and you always have been able to at the 400 level but we also have um, professional identity and promotion as a really as a co-capstone course for everybody in the major that's at the 400 level so you know we we had one web design class to begin with and now arguably we have three or four linked between emerging media information architecture usability studies, and web writing and digital citizenship. So we've built depth to the curriculum that we really just didn't have before. Right. And uh, you mentioned earlier, too, the other addition, I think, in, in terms of what this curriculum does differently, it places an emphasis on research methods, which we didn't oh, have absolutely, before. Oh, absolutely, yes. So we've got two courses, and, and to fulfill the requirements for the major, students can choose one or the other, uh, either RPW 370, rhetorical analysis, or RPW 375, usability studies. Um, and then you can choose the, the other one as, a, as an elective to fulfill requirements as well. So if you want to take both, you could. Uh, but yeah, these focus on uh, you know, methods, research methods that are, are important for professional technical writers, uh, both uh, those who want to go to a, a graduate studies track or those who uh, want to go to a, a professional track. You can satisfy either with, with either course. I think that actually leads possibly to an episode that we need to record somewhere in the near future here is how does research tie in with what we're doing? Because there's, there's students who come into the program who haven't really thought about it. They haven't really had a reason to, didn't know that it was a thing to think about. And they get into some of these classes and, and, and some of the preliminary thinking is, why am I doing this? Why am I reading theory? Why am I trying to figure out how to apply this stuff? Or why am I learning research methods? What possible value could that have? And you know, when I'm going out and designing things and writing things, well, guess what? We think there's an incredible value to it. And, and the history of our graduates in the program shows that the people who are doing that kind of stuff have the highest paying jobs and they are the people who are in demand on the market. So we think we know a thing or two about that, but that's a that's probably a podcast for another moment. Duly noted, but I, I will point out to your point that uh, you know one of the hallmarks of our program or one of the things that, that, that are now really codified in the program is this idea around problem solving. Uh, right. And you can't be a problem solver if you don't understand research methods. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know how to think. Yeah. Um, so, so let's segue a little bit here now um, to thinking through the navigation of the program. Uh, as we were going through the change here, um, 
you know, earlier in, in uh, the year, particularly our students were getting re- ready to register for the fall 2019 semester, you know, there was a lot of discussion uh, interdepartmentally and with the students about how, how do we think about approaching this new curriculum? And so I'll jumpstart and say we, one of the things that we've done is we've moved from uh, one, maybe two initial starting points. So what used to be the RPW-260 Intro to Professional Writing uh, and, and RPW-285 uh, Electronic Spaces is sort of our, our primary intro level courses. We've now broadened that out into uh, a handful of courses that you can enter in at almost any point. So uh, we've got the professional development, um, we've got the uh, the problem solving, we've got emerging media, uh, and 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 these are all entry points into the program. And you can take them, um, you know, at, at any point. They they don't have prerequisites uh, in and of themselves. Um, but you know, they, they are all entry points into the program that then uh, again build vertically. Yeah. And even if you include something like rhetorical theory, the new 265 course in there, our original thinking didn't include that as as a splitting of that one course. But in practical terms now, it kind of is where you know, we, we went from one 200-level club, well, I guess two, because we had we, uh, 285, the writing in electronic spaces was originally at the 200-level, and now it's at the 300-level Um we had a couple courses and we've expanded it out. But what we really have is finally a, a, a strong, rich grounding at the 200 level as you're, as you're entering into these studies, giving you a really strong set of expectations moving into the next level. And then we carry that through. The, the, the executing the promise is huge. Us being able to say, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that you could know. And then you know, not really delivering and, and giving people enough opportunity to explore at upper levels what those ideas might grow into. Now we have places where we can really grow those ideas, really really see where that professional development manifests in new ways. Right. So we've got this wide base at the foundational level, these 200-level courses that include three, four courses that students can kind of jump into and take as sort of their initial experience and, and then, you know, kind of work across. And then we get up to that 300 level where we've got some courses that uh, not only involve uh, core knowledge and, and design context as well as uh, uh, the research methods and, and the rhetorical uh, theory stuff, but we also it also builds off these courses and providing um, some of the the doing and thinking. So courses like instruction writing and design and grant uh, uh, seeking and, and, and uh, proposal writing, you know, these courses do some application uh, through common genres in uh, professional technical writing. And then you move up to the more advanced courses uh, that integrate and incorporate all the things that you've done from the two and three hundred level. So the advanced problem solving course, for example, comes after you've taken not only the the um, two hundred level problem solving course, but you've taken a research methods course, and now you can start thinking about how to solve problems in in, in very particular kinds of contexts because right. you've got a foundation and and a research methodology that informs what you're doing. And I'll toss this in in connection with that, that part of the the change in the curriculum is a recognition that in the workforce, people are, they're confronting problems that are, that they're finally recognizing as being far more complex than we used to treat them even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. When I was getting my bachelor's degree, we were, we were focused far more on what to do rather than how to think about what to do. And you, know, you look at the, at the challenges that we face in technology, in climate, in politics, in 
um, you know, in, in bringing information to everyone that could possibly needs it. They're super complex. You know, one of the terms that gets applied is, is wicked. You know, the wicked problems are infinitely complex. They're messy. They're chaotic. You know, it, it's, it's all, it's wicked. You know, how do you solve it? Well, you solve it with a sophisticated approach. And so all of these things that we're talking about, breadth and depth in the curriculum and different kinds of ideas coming together are about taking an academic approach to professional development that, that prepares you to deal with wicked problems. I agree. And I think, you know, one of the things that you, that, that you mentioned that the new correct curriculum, I think really that we wanted to achieve with it was that, you know, there's, there's an emphasis on, on the doing and the creating, but then there's a deeper emphasis on the thinking (laughs) and and problem solving behind it. Um, And, and the, the, the older curriculum was weaker in those areas. Yeah, we, we managed. And, and I know that the students who came out are, you know, we've got some fantastic professionals that have come out of the program. Absolutely. But we were, we were cramming a lot of extra stuff into a lot of courses to try to make it work. And, and what this does is it gives us the, a little bit of freedom to, to develop some of those ideas more deeply and more richly. And it gives students the opportunity to develop at a, at a less breakneck pace. You know, instead of having everything forced on them, like you, you we're going to ask you to do 10 things when we should ask you to do five. Now we're asking you to do, you know, a more appropriate number of things and, and focus on concepts a little more deeply so that you can come out with a with a more sophisticated sense of possibility. Yeah, it gives us that opportunity to really tease out concepts and strategies oh, yeah. within a course. I mean, the, the intro course is a great example. The old 260 course was just trying to do way too many things in an in a intro 200-level course, and now we've got those teased out across a couple of different courses so we could really take our time, develop the skills, develop the concepts, lay that foundation, again, that builds vertically. Let me bring it back to another thread in that in the conversation. You're talking about navigating all of this stuff for students. So we've talked about how you can how you can pick some specializations and and you you can develop some some real depth of knowledge as well as breadth of knowledge here. But in in very very pragmatic terms, you know, one of the things that happens in the program right now is that we've we have a number of students in the program who won't change their catalog because it doesn't make sense for them to do so, meaning that they're they're still under the the graduation requirements that predate these changes that are now going into effect and what we've tried to help those students do is to navigate the pro the, the process where um yeah some of the numbers change some of the titles change but there's still a, uh, you know all those courses are still represented in the curriculum you can still get through get your degree keep moving and 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 graduate on on the pace that you had originally set for yourself if, by the way, you're listening to this and you're not sure how that works for you because for some reason, you know, there's been roadblocks or there's been some confusion about it, please come talk to people. Uh, you know, Dr. Herzog, as, as the chair, of course, is is the lead on all of that stuff in terms of filing paperwork and putting signatures on forms and stuff like that. But really, any of the five of us can give you a, a, a heads up on how to navigate that curriculum and how to how to figure out where, where you should go next and and, and really to alleviate any of those concerns that you might have about whether or not you can graduate on time. But then the people who are coming into the program where it makes sense for them to elect the new curriculum, one of the ch- biggest changes is just the the weight of the curriculum. We went from 40, is it 43 credits to 51, or is it 42 credits to 51? I think it was 39. Oh, thir- oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was 39. Of- so th- there are more credits at the same time, 
it's not more credits than people were taking to graduate. It's just that um, now we're we've we've structured it in such a way that the the program is more robust on paper as well as in practice, um, and and so we hope that it makes more sense now to the people who are electing the new curriculum. But again, we want to make sure that we emphasize that there's still a space for those people in the program who are navigating from that original catalog and trying to get themselves to graduation. Yeah. And the last thing I'll add, uh, again, to Bill's point here, is that um, one of the things, if you're strategic and you think through your yeah. electives, you can really sort of tailor your experience in the program through a couple different threads. And I, I don't want to use the word cognates because nothing is codified in terms of the catalog for for, for like getting any sort of uh, you know certification or, or, or doctor. Um, uh, you know, emblem or something on your diploma for this, but you know, you could you could tailor to more of a usability user experience track, right? Uh, more rhetorical studies track, or more of the writing for public purposes, or working in in uh, you know nonprofit non uh, government organizations. Um, you know, if if you think through your electives and kind of plan that out ahead of time, you can really sort of narrow your focus given um, you know where you see yourself going post graduation. Well, one thing that we'll call attention to as well with this is that we do have two minors. We will we'll have separate episodes that deal in greater depth with those. But a lot of students have the question, hey, this UXD thing, can I do that even though I'm a major? And Or this, this writing for public purposes thing, can I do that even though I'm a major? And the reality is... Yes, because you want to be able to put it on on as your credential. The the roadblock potentially is you can't count it as your required minor because there's so much overlap. In fact, if you complete the UXD, I think there's only one course or maybe it's two courses that are required in that curriculum that are electives in the major. So there, there's really, really significant overlap. We want you to be able to get the credentials so that you can list it on your diploma so you can claim the knowledge. And as long as you complete those courses, you can do so. But officially, your first minor is going to be something else, whether that means communication or graphic design or German or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, there's, there's still going to be that room and that expectation that you're um, blooming your knowledge in another department and in other programs uh, but but you can still claim those credentials here from our, your home department. So you're right. You corrected me, and and so I, I do. I'll, I'll admit that I goofed on that. But um, yeah, because if if you do the UXD courses, you could still get that credential, right? Just not as your um, your your required minor for the program. And same with the WPP. So there are options, you know, to take those courses as part of your experience and get some kind of credentials. So oh yeah, thanks for correcting me there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we we just want to make sure that students recognize. You know, with when any time that there's a new curriculum that comes in place, or any time that there's changes to an old curriculum, is it, which is the, both of the, or both of those things are true with with this set of changes here. You have the power to ask questions that force the university into certain answers, <laughs> and and you know I, I say that kind of deliberately, but the university ultimately is here to serve you, not to put hoops in your way. Even though I know that some of you sometimes feel that that's what we do, it really isn't the case. And, you know, and, and this is one of those conversations where you can push that conversation forward with the department, with the administration, and, and help us establish those practices. Because really, again, it's all about you, your professional development, and, and the ways that you market yourself. And that's a great way to end it. Um, and so, yeah, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, and, and, and 
will, as Bill alluded to, we will come back with a couple episodes that focus on both of the new minors. We wanted to do this show as sort of an overview of what the new curriculum is and, and, and why it's different and, and how you can think about it from a student's perspective. Uh, certainly, as Dr. Bill said, if you have any questions, uh, come talk to one of the five of us. Uh, Dr. Herzog, as department chair, is sort of uh, the natural go-to person, but any of us can answer questions and, and, and point you in the right direction where you need to go. Um, so we, we do thank you for listening and, and tell you to look forward to uh, the UXD and the WPP shows as we get those done this semester. And hey, get excited, y'all. This is cool stuff. Absolutely. Thank y'all. We'll Thanks. Thanks.